0: Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode.
1: So Shui, you just mentioned that we, well, we're in this world of uncertainty with COVID and the NBL, aren't we? The league is in a pretty tough spot at the moment. As I said, only four games across two rounds in the last little while so
0: yeah look it's unsurprisingly wreaked havoc on the schedule we've had games postponed so far Adelaide and Perth from the 28th of December Brisbane and Perth from today Adelaide Southeast Melbourne which was scheduled for Monday I think all been postponed the Wildcats were able to play a game up in Cairns last night which yeah was, so they've
1: rejigged things a yeah
0: bit. so they've, they've kind of been able to think on the fly a little bit but I was listening to an interview with Brian Gorgian and he was saying that the Hawks were struggling to even field a team of five players at wow, one point. Wow! Wow! It was that bad. So yeah,
1: well, the New South Wales COVID cases are pretty bad. Yeah, more
0: than into the twenty thousands. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all over the place. I mean, we we ended up, as I said, with like five games since we recorded last, and three of them involved the Jack Jumpers.
1: Yes, it's true. Yeah. So
0: I thought it might actually be worth looking at what some of the options are and which ones maybe make the most sense. Yeah. Yep. So I guess really the four main options and look some people will already be jumping through the microphone yelling out no before i finish each of them so just hear me out <laughs> so the first one a lot is- changes
1: quickly too yeah, and exactly. we will take a few days to upload this so. exactly yeah
0: so the first one is the bubble option we've seen it in the nba where all of the teams congregate in the one area they all play in the same arena and there's no fans and it just kind of
1: is They're little- quarantine yeah, basically. essentially they're all yeah. quarantined within a bubble Yeah, and that worked well for the NBA. It did. In in some ways.
0: Second option is what is currently happening, the postponement side of things. So if you've got teams that can't field a game, and we've seen some of this in the NBA this season, where teams maybe didn't have the required eight players, so we'll postpone those games down the track.
1: Gee, Draymond Green was not happy about the Denver one, was he?
0: Well, just wants to play. The third option we have is the cancellation side of things, whereby we cancel the... Exact same amount of games for every team, shorten the season down to a reasonable amount. And then the fourth one is the whole fuck it, just play through it. Yep. Which is it doesn't matter what happens, it doesn't matter who's out, as long as you've got enough players to play, you play. Yep. And that's that.
1: And that's it's a tough, pretty bitter pill to swallow. And as you mentioned with Brian Gorge Yeah, like yeah. Gorge almost had to suit up. It would, it would be, it would be tough. It, it would be, be very tough. Yeah.
0: So let's maybe maybe look at them from the, the start. So I guess for me, I'll start off with the bubble. I think personally, this is probably the least likely of the four.
1: I kind of feel like that ship sailed. I feel like if it were going to happen, it would have already happened. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it might have been here even. Who knows?
0: There were a couple of pros and cons, and I'll, I'll kind of run you through what I had. So the pro side of things, look, we saw how the bubble worked for the NBA. Everyone in the same facility. No one goes in, no one goes out. It keeps the positive cases to an absolute bare minimum which would be ideal right now. Yep. And the second one, because there's no travel involved, no teams are really at a great advantage or disadvantage because they don't have to travel, um, especially if there's no fans in the arena that have to sort of worry about the disadvantage of maybe a home crowd if it's in Melbourne. Well, and it was that moment. weird
1: playoffs where there were more away winners than home winners because it was basically a neutral venue. Exactly. So that's, that doesn't really hold true yet.
0: So those are kind of the pros. The cons, we don't exactly have those sorts of facilities here like they have in Orlando. So creating a tight seal around the whole thing is nigh on impossible. Well, the league
1: just doesn't have as much money. Hmm. Just the money factor is huge. Yeah. And one one of the problems with that approach was that the players weren't seeing their families and stuff as much. And we heard that famous thing with the coach of the Denver Nuggets mentioning them again, Michael Malone, saying that, Players are allowed family. I haven't seen my family in months and months. Like, yeah. that's,
0: And that's so funny that you bring that up because that is my second con. There's a long way to go in the yeah. season. Yep. So it would be a lot longer away from family and friends for the players. Yep. So I do agree. I think the ships probably sailed on that option a long time ago. I, I don't think it is viable. It would be kind of cool if we did have something like that. But again, remembering back to watching those games in the bubble, even watching the finals, that whole... What was, okay, not an amazing, amazing series, but it was still a very competitive series between the Lakers and the Heat. Oh, it was great.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Butler.
0: But imagine what the atmosphere would have been like. Oh, of course. With like 20,000 people all dressed in white. That would have been such a great series to watch. But yeah, that lack of atmosphere probably didn't help too much. No, no. The only way that I can potentially see them doing it is actually doing it in Melbourne. You've got John Kane Arena that they used for the Melbourne Cup a.k.a. the
1: NBL Cup last season. <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. But uh, <laughs> Well, they might wish they had one of those this year because that's a, a very good way of getting games played quickly. Quickly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I th- but the other issue is the tennis. So the Melbourne teams have to leave Melbourne during tennis.
0: True, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's really
1: complex because, because this is a period where traditionally United and now the Phoenix, obviously just been in the league for five minutes, have to piss off while tennis is overtaken at... Margaret Court Arena, basically, and John Kane Arena. So,
0: and you would have said maybe Kudos Arena in Sydney might be the way to go, but apparently that's in the middle of BF nowhere. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's so, one of the issues with people getting to games. And that's so, why yeah. we have seen some empty seats at some of those Kings games, disappointingly, mm. yeah, already this season. So, yeah. yeah,
0: look, Perth probably would actually be the best option, the lowest cases so far. And a pretty damn good arena for it as well. Perth,
1: Tassie, or Adelaide probably would have been the the, yeah. The the way well, Adelaide's
0: gone through the roof as well. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right, that's right. So it's hard to know. So I think we can put a line through the bubble.
1: Yes. Yep. The
0: second one, the postponement side of things. So look, there's a couple of pros for this. At least if all of the games are played, whether it's now or down the track, teams will end up playing the correct amount of home and away games. So it's easier to point to parity. Yes. And teams will, in theory, be able to field the strongest possible team if the games are put off slightly. Yes. Downside of things is it's not possible to guarantee that 100%.
1: No. So. Good intentions. Yes. They, they would absolutely have to schedule, they'd have to try and make it so that teams are playing each other regularly enough that everyone's played everyone at least twice, for example, and there's not too much of an over-disproportionate you know what i'm trying to say here I have no idea
0: what you're trying oh, like, to say why, why,
1: like for example last season perth played southeast melbourne like four of their first five games or something yes okay so you want to try and keep it as even as possible because i actually think the the blend of both postponements and cancellations might actually be what happens in the end because we might get to the end of the season where we say okay look the top four set do we really want to squeeze in a game between i don't know the jack jumpers and the taipans for argument's sake when there's no bearings on the playoffs, I'm just guessing here. So is that potentially a possibility where hopefully everyone's played each other fairly reasonable amount of times each, where we get to the back end where we say, look, rather than trying to squeeze in all these games, we have to say, look, some teams, a bit like what happened in the NBA in the lead up to the bubble. Hmm. Yeah, I think that could be an eventuality.
0: No, that's, that's fair. And the thing is, the other side of things with the postponements is that the parity of the schedule in terms of spacing and travel does come into question. Yeah. Unless you kind of move the playoffs back a little bit as well. Yeah. Some teams will say, oh, we had to play three games in four days or whatever it happens to be to try and squeeze them in before. And so, Which is um,
1: why you'd have to consider cancelling. Do you really want a team to play three and four when they can't make the playoffs anyway? Do you know what I mean? Yes. So But then match payments. So they'd have to work out a way where the players still receive their, play, their pay, even though they might not have played in the game. So, yeah, it's tricky. It is it's, a tricky one. It's a nightmare, really.
0: Cancellation side of things, which is probably the other one that we'd look at, it does give the league a chance to play out a shortened season to get the games in around the chaos, which that's the hardest part right now. Is And I, I feel for whoever's doing the scheduling right now. because
1: oh, They're earning every cent at it's the moment.
0: literally come up with something and then scrap it because it's null and void, so they are well and truly earning their money.
1: And this is a different type of cancellation to what I talked about as hand-in-hand hand with the postponements because this is a cancellation where they actually would say, okay, we're cancelling the last two rounds or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a clear forethought decision yeah. rather than a knee-jerk kind of, eh, they're not making the playoffs anyways. So. Or
0: just making sure each team has maybe six games removed from yeah, their yeah, schedule. So yeah.
1: every Trying team, to get it as fair as possible.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it would be very, very tough. The con of it, basically doing that, is everything about it. Shortening the season would cheapen it. Yeah. We are both massive, massive fans of Survivor. Yes. And we've just seen them go through season 41, where they've gone from 41 days down to 26,
1: and the new product is shit. It's my least liked season of Survivor going back to it was the early days it was boring yeah
0: it was so boring yeah all of the yeah all the stuff they're trying to sort of compact into a shorter period of time it does it cheapens the product and i worry that doing that would cheapen what could be a very good season
1: the other problem we always have with the mbo is that the playoffs often coincide with the beginning of the afl so they have this delicate tightrope to walk where they don't want the playoffs the most important time being cheapened by competing with another sport because obviously the cricket's going to wind down a little bit the ashes have already been won so strategically, in that sense, maybe they say, oh, do we cancel some stuff and have the playoffs as almost a standalone? It's, it, these are hard decisions. Incredibly They're hard. Very hard decisions.
0: And then you've got the other one, which is just playing through it. Yep. Which, you know, it kind of is a little bit like injuries, I guess, in a sense. They happen. Sometimes you do just have to deal with who's on and who's off the court. It's probably a very extreme It's pretty rough.
1: I think what will probably happen is a combination of postponements and playing through it. So they'll play through as much as they possibly can. But if it gets to a situation where a team can only field six blokes, for example, they're going to have to postpone or maybe cancel. Maybe you move those all to the end of the season. And as I say, if they become immaterial... I kept thinking about that Melbourne versus Essendon game we talked about <laughs> in, in that first <laughs> AFL season.
0: Every single yeah. week we're talking about
1: that. And I can't even definitely. remember what happened. In, I think they did end up playing it, but I don't think they needed to in the yeah, end as far I, as I, the finals I, were concerned. I think it was
0: inconsequential yeah, as of like yeah. the day before it was played. Yeah. And I guess the other thing, I, I'm looking at the flip side of playing with it, is the big one, the dreaded asterisk talk.
1: Yeah, well, that's inevitable. I mean, every COVID year is an asterisk year, in my opinion. But, so, you but if
0: you look at it, you know, a team that manages to avoid cases could field a very strong team, and all of a sudden you're looking at a massive mismatch in a final series similar to last year.
1: Well, Perth acquitted themselves very well considering all the injuries they had.
0: But ultimately they were never going to... Get over the top of no. Melbourne United team, no. and the NBL needs a good final series oh, after of course. last year. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's important. So, yeah,
0: there's a lot well, of well
1: these- after the last couple of years because we had the Sydney Perth one before that. True. So we've had two compromised final series in the last two seasons.
0: At least that one was competitive.
1: Oh, it was competitive, but it was compromised in another way yes. because it ended early with the Wildcats being given the championship. Like, well, they did earn it, in my opinion. But again, two consecutive compromised seasons. I mean. They're just asterisk years. 2022 will be another asterisk year. Hopefully it's the last one. And again, in my opinion, asterisk doesn't necessarily mean bad. It just means a deviation from the norm. And it means that they have to make adjustments for whatever reason. But
0: I think this could be a bad asterisk though. Oh, look, it could. It it has the potential to be a pretty bad one where it's just whoever wins. It just happened to be the luckiest one that was still standing at the right time.
1: Now, the good news. Now, nothing is certain in this world. And even the scientists are scratching their heads at times. But the good news seems to be that the Omicron variant doesn't seem to be as bad as Delta. And not only that, if you catch the Omicron variant, you seem to not get hit with Delta. So you can catch it more than once. It's like the normal flu, I guess, in a sense. It's way worse than the normal flu.
0: Benoit Paire, the French tennis player, he reckons he's caught it like 250 times was joking. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but no, but you yeah. can
1: catch it multiple times. And he's caught it a lot. Yeah. But apparently, if you've caught Omicron, Delta doesn't hit you hard. So hopefully this is the last year where we're compromised and it starts to become endemic rather than... It's the end of a pandemic making it endemic. Hmm. So, look, it's going to be a pretty tricky start to 2022, but I'm reasonably optimistic by the end of 2022, we might be going back to normal a little bit.
0: So, what's your official verdict then?
1: Oh, I think I think officially they probably have to steady as she goes as much as possible, but being pragmatic, having to postpone a bit, having to cancel a bit, and maybe at the end of the season they cancel some inconsequential games if they can come to an agreement where players would still get their match payments and that sort of thing. That's yeah. good. That's
0: a, that's. A, do you know what? Coming into this, I was gun ho, play it out, just play through it. But I tell you, I think you've you've actually persuaded me. You really have
1: very Cause, good. Because
0: I was actually looking at it, funnily enough, from the you know Jordan flu game in inverted commas. He didn't have the flu; he got food know, Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. No, oh yeah, the no, pizzas. Yeah yeah, 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 the pizzas. Yeah, no, there's, but Jordan, <laughs> well, Jordan was allowed to play because it was quote just the flu. Yes. Yep. Sometimes getting on with it is the only way to go, and I thought maybe we'd reach that point in Australia. But I think it's a, a good point you make about yeah, if we just find that balance between playing it out and postponement slash cancellations of inconsequential games. Yeah, it's, it's a good point.
1: It's kind of maybe the direction the NBA is heading in. And I think that's probably the, the route that the NBL needs to take. Now, this is the other really interesting thing. How many, because of the troubles that are happening in the NBA, and we noticed that Greg Munro is back. You're wearing a Joe Johnson jersey. He's back. Greg Munro is what? The 451st player. Like 541. 541. Yeah. Used this season. Most in ever, I think. Most most ever. Yeah.
0: 33 games in, I think it was, for the Timberwolves at the time.
1: So, so as, as much as I want to see young basketballers reach their dream of, of making the NBA, it would be so sad if the NBL's carcass got picked and all the great players went over to the NBA this season. I don't think it will. I don't think it will either. For, for the simple reason that if you look at some of the guys, so Vic Law,
0: for example, he's a name that's come up. He is, well, he was leading the league in scoring before yesterday. Bryce Cotton overtook him. Yep. You've got Duop Reith, who has been an an MVP candidate in early stages. Mitch Creek, ditto. You've got Chris Golding. Chris Golding, Shooting the lights out.
1: Probably should already be in the league, went and played in summer league. You've got
0: Robert Franks. You've got several other guys.
1: Yeah, Delhi would happily go back.
0: Do these guys want to go over there for a 10-day contract? Well, that's
1: the thing. But see, the thing is, apparently 10-day contracts is, in some cases, more money than you'll earn in an entire NBL season. Yeah. So... But, oh, it's but, tricky. But, if, but I, I think you're right. I think the disruption and the travel and and borders being opened and closed, it might be enough to dissuade at least maybe the Aussie-born well, players.
0: But certainly for the guys like Law, Reef, Creek, Golding, who are playing for teams that are going to feel like they're legitimate and even, you know, Franks would feel like Brisbane are a chance.
1: Well, and, he's a big reason why they're a chance. Yeah, those, yeah.
0: those teams would look at it and go, well, I could go for a 10-day contract, know that I'm going to play decent minutes in a couple of games. And then I'm going to sit on the bench and then I'm going to get cut. Mm. Or I could stay over here in Australia. And especially for someone like Vic Law, stay in Perth where at the moment, the cases are incredibly low. It could open up, but we we don't know.
1: Well, we don't know the next time Perth will have a home game as well, of course. True. But,
0: <laughs> but our team is taking all the right precautions. They're top of the table at the moment. Why would I go over there for, okay, a little bit more money? Yes, but I'm not guaranteed anything.
1: I think it would depend on how old you were. So the younger you are, the more like you would maybe stay in Australia. If you're like kind of around thirty, you might go. This might be my best chance. This might be my last chance. True. So Golding, for example, if he got tapped on the shoulder, I actually think he probably should go. So it's tricky. It's tricky.
0: It it is. It will be very interesting to see. And and that that was funnily enough one of the things I had was unless the pay they offer is ridiculous. Yeah. Which you know could be. I mean I've heard some of these ten days for guys at certain ages is. 100,000, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is is. not bad for 10 days. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. They're getting paid even if they're not Oh, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. So I I hope, as you say, that they don't pick it clean, but look, some of these guys that you're right would have to take their shot. Others maybe would stay. I mean, Bryce Cotton, for example, he wouldn't go. No, No, you wouldn't
1: have thought so. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's on that Aussie citizenship track. So
0: Citizenship track. He's got the family here that are all settled now. Perth is home.
1: You would have thought so. So
0: I don't see that happening. Yeah. But... Look, if you're Vic Law, I don't blame you if you go, but please don't.
1: <laughs> By the way, how's this for a comparison? He's reminding me a bit of Leroy Loggins. I see a little bit of Leroy in him. Okay. He's quite tall, he's quite slender, he's got a lovely silky jump shot. He's got ice in his veins. Yep. He can also take it to the rack. I don't know. I've just seen a little bit of obviously we weren't old enough to appreciate Peak Leroy. Well,
0: actually, both of them left-handed. <laughs> well, okay, with, that's maybe for, with ex- a similarity except for Vic Law. No, I, I yeah, I agree. He's got that silky smooth sort of look to it. I don't know. It
1: just no, kind of occurred to me when I was enough. watching the the Jack Jumpers game.
0: Bloody good player. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, and absolutely. Both
0: played for Brisbane.
1: I think that's partly why as well.
0: So obviously the five games that have happened over the last 10 days, there haven't really been any classics where you jump up and go, Oh, can't wait to watch a replay of that. Like
1: Yeah, so on my kind of notes I had, do Tassie know how to win? But then of course they beat New Zealand by 10 odds or whatever it was, nine points. So, do Tazzy know how to win against anyone decent? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah.
0: It, they're a tough watch. They're a really, really hard team
1: to watch. I only scored seven points in the fourth quarter today.
0: Yep. They've had multiple games.
1: Melbourne winning. left the door wide open today. Wide yeah, open. Like, no, neither team looked like they wanted to win it.
0: They can't score.
1: But, well, they can't in their free throws. Late in the third and in the fourth today, they were just missing free throws left, right. And and guards, the sort of players that you would expect to be hitting these shots, like Majet, for example, or Adams, they're missing key free throws. They just they just don't know how to win. Yeah, Majet looks out of his depth. He really does. And I'll tell you what, for a point guard, there was a pass he threw today. He just telegraphed it in a close game. Mm. You can't. Passing lane, sure enough. I think it was Shayili. Someone got the steal. You can't do it.
0: Yeah, I, I must admit, I, I'm i not saying I was like over the top high on him coming into the season, but I was expecting a lot more. And yeah, you know, I go back to our chat with the the great guys at the Pocket Podcast and I'll tell you what, they made the point. Well,
1: Andrew was big on this from day one and, and he's he been all over it. The
0: decision-making yeah. is question. I mean, he took 17 shots today. Clint Steindl took five. Yeah. That's your shooter.
1: And Steindl was their best player the other day. Yep. Steindl's finally coming into a bit of form. Their captain. It's, yeah.
0: But he goes four of 17 today. That's not the sort of decision making you want.
1: No. And by the way, Magne's out too. Well, and this is the thing
0: though. Magne has just, I don't think he's that good. Well. I'm starting to consider that maybe Will Magne's just not that good a player.
1: I I think a lot of it was on hype and on promise. I was surprised when he went to the NBA. I was surprised. I think it was on promise. I think they thought they could turn him into a great player and I I don't know if it will happen.
0: But this is the thing. He's never averaged more than 8.1 points a game in a season. That's not really that Yeah, no, that's
1: that's nothing. That's
0: not that big a stretch in the NBL. There's a lot of guys that are pretty average that have averaged that many points. When you're
1: that tall and athletic, you should be getting at least a handful of dunks every game.
0: Yeah, this is it. We're expecting that team to be throwing lobs. Yeah. Drive and dish, dunker spot, all that sort of stuff. Definitely. But really, yeah, 8.1 and 6.1 rebounds in the 2019-20 season with Brisbane is the best that he's done. And even if you look at his field goal percentage, he's never shot more than 48.7% from the field.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's it's on promise.
0: This is a guy that should not be shooting from outside five feet.
1: Well, he he's capable of hitting the threes, he, but he should be he should be eating around the basket a lot. The
0: bulk of his shots yeah. should be inside that key. Yep. I, I just don't understand So, yeah, I I just honestly believe that he is not that good. Maybe not. So, yeah, aside from Josh Adams and his little cameos we're getting from Steindl and Fabian Krislovich, the the chance of them scoring 75 in a game are moderately low. Yeah. Every time you turn up. Yeah, no, they
1: are finding it difficult.
0: It it is a struggle to watch them. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we see a little bit more from them in the coming games. But, I mean, there's only so long. And obviously, look, it's their first season. We've kind of got to cut, cut on some slack. Oh, of
1: course. Of course. Yeah.
0: But eventually it comes to a point where you start saying, look, you can't really get by on a team that just has heart. They've got to eventually get some talent. And I I just think Majet's not the right answer.
1: Knowing how to win is a key thing. And clearly New Zealand don't know how to do it. And, and I worry about Sydney too, because down the stretch, they do not tend to execute very well. Like they were excellent in that Tassie game, but they were playing Tassie. Xavier Xavier Cooks was magnificent. Key block, hit some big shots. He looked really good in that game. but. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not much else.
1: you got to know how to win. And yeah. you've got to know how to execute and, down the stretch. And
0: look, Sydney is another... I mean, there's so many teams that you, we don't really know about yet. Sydney, again, haven't played much with their, their two imports. We haven't seen much from... Sydney have been
1: snake-bitten with injuries. Yeah. yeah
0: like, Jalen yeah. Adams hasn't really played much... We haven't seen much from RJ Hunter. Yeah, Hunter's barely played. Who, uh, look, I'm not I'm not entirely sold on him as it being the right fit for them, but we've got to give him. Some it's time. hard to
1: know. It's hard. Yeah, it's it's almost impossible to know without more time. But it,
0: but it is. Yeah, give those two guys five, six, seven games together, see how they go. We not everyone's going to be as lucky as some of the other teams and find like Southeast Melbourne had a pretty decent start from the likes of Xavier Mumford, Joe Chi. The Wildcats had obviously a great start with in big terms law. of the connection with Law and yeah, Cotton yeah. and so on. Fraser's
1: so coming along too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Franks and Patterson over in Brisbane as yeah, well. Yeah, so big there's, raps for Franks. So yeah. there are a lot of those guys that have that good chemistry early. Yep. We don't know from Sydney. But you're right. New Zealand was the other one you mentioned. They have been a steaming bag of shit.
1: I just thought after last year, and look, maybe there was too much player turnover, but I thought after last year and all the resilience that they would have, I thought would have built with the COVID stuff and their depth, because even those young guys do contribute. Besson, and Dieng do contribute. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been it's been disappointing, like, and they've lost some heartbreakers too. They've lost some close they, games. They have, but, but
0: Besson's even been a little bit up and down. Finn Delaney's been disappointing.
1: Yeah, Finn Delaney has been a little bit. I was, yeah,
0: I think we were both expecting him to be like a eighteen to twenty point a game. Oh, he
1: should be a fringe NBA guy. So, but he needs to get enough shots.
0: And like obviously, like Peyton Siva, that did, yeah, that yeah, they've they,
1: they've had some really bad luck in New Zealand. I do feel for which, as a Wildcats fan, is a weird thing to say yes, given yes. our rivalry ten years ago or so. Yeah, but I do feel for New Zealand and their fans. I really do.
0: And, and a lot of this is going to come down to how good can Chazon Randall fit into that team? I mean, a little bit of a. An average start. I think he was like three of eleven from the field in their game the other day.
1: Oh, you'll give a guy a break in their face Absolutely, game. you yeah. would, yeah. yeah.
0: But uh yeah, it's not been great. I mean, it's just it's the defense, they can't defend anyone. They're last in defensive efficiency, they're last in blocks, they're equal last in steals. They just they can't keep guys in front of them. It's not really great reading, and it's not great watching no, them. So, no. yeah, I think it could be a bit of a struggle. Um, obviously at the other end of the things, so, though, I mean, Perth are two games clear at the top in terms of the win column. But, you know, a lot of people... Played
1: against a lot of poorer teams. People
0: will argue no games against the Phoenix, the Hawks, or Melbourne United.
1: And most of the games at home.
0: Five out of six at home. Yeah. Kansas' 2-2 and record probably has a similar ring to it. They may be playing a little bit better in their first four games than they maybe are. So who knows? But uh, They
1: did put up... Without McCall yesterday, they did put up a decent effort against the Wildcats. McCall,
0: Machado... Oh, well,
1: Machado's out for the season. Yeah, yeah. And Mirko Gerritsch as well. So
0: that that was a a very good effort by Cairns. They were in that game right up until the last minute, basically. And even then, they
1: probably... Yeah, basically, last couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you probably look at it and say, at this stage, the Hawks and Phoenix, three and one, they're probably still the pick of the litter at the moment. They've still had ups and downs. The the games they lost were games that they probably shouldn't have. But, you know, it's it's just... It's been a hard season to grade so far.
1: Mm. You Mm. You
0: just you don't know what you're getting.
1: Yeah, well, it's early days and hopefully it won't be too disruptive. And look, Melbourne have looked all right. is playing a bit better. Jack White's reminded me of Andrew Vlahov at times. His tenacity on the offensive boards in that Sydney game, he he had some Vlahov-like moments.
0: Even tonight, like there were a couple of uh, spots right at the end of that game where I thought to myself, I can see the extra three inches of vertical that he's got. Like- oh,
1: he's, I mean, maybe, maybe forget Magne. Maybe he's the one that the attention turns oh, he, to as far as he young he Australian could. bigs. He yeah. could be an NBA player. Yeah, that's yeah, possible. A couple of quick Twitter things. NBL facts. 2021, 196 matches, the most in a calendar year since 2007 when there were 208 games. And here's one now. I know you know the answer. Luke Travers became the first player to record four steals and four blocks in a game since David Van Dyke in 1997.
0: David Van Dyke. Too. Yeah,
1: if you asked me to guess, I probably would have said Rashad Tucker.
0: I would have said Crawford on yeah. that one.
1: Yeah, or even like Martin Catalini.
0: Would be a guy that would Not, maybe was it for the cats though for the wildcats first cats. While, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. he didn't really he only had one half decent season with the cats yeah, most, yeah. most of his good stuff was with Adelaide yeah and I think Cans yeah, a a yeah yeah fifty one with something. yeah so
1: he did finish his career in Perth though he did but that was, but, that yeah. was like
0: the one season and uh, we got him a ring as well
1: yes oh, I know. well he helped get us a ring again the way he played against New Zealand in the semis was key true that's very, very true, key actually, yeah, very key. key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there you go. Tabor yeah. Van Dyke. I was so excited when the Wildcats got him. I loved him with the Newcastle Falcons. But I think he only managed one season. With us.
0: Yeah, well, he was okay. He still yeah. had a lot of blocks. But yeah, yeah. Just and
1: dunks. Lots of dunks. Didn't,
0: yeah, didn't really add much to that team in yeah. terms of making us better.
1: Yeah. Just yeah.
0: a lot of... It's like a Hassan Whiteside sort of season. Yeah, a little bit. It's yeah, like yeah. A lot of blocks, a lot of fancy-looking plays, but then...
1: Maybe not the he, team success. But a negative overall. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah.
0: So obviously moving on to the NBA very similar sort of experience I guess to what we've just gone through except on a way 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 bigger scale
1: yes postponements left right and center replacement players that's all sorts the, of stuff that's
0: the big difference is the replacement players yeah I had a look at a box score the other day for the Phoenix OKC game it looked like a fucking NFL box score you
1: there was like <laughs> so s- many names
0: 17 guys listed on the bench for OKC yeah. because of all these guys health and safety protocols it was insane
1: yeah it's ridiculous. Josh Kitty just entered the money.
0: Yeah, Giddy's gone into it. Yeah. There, there were, I mean, there's so many guys. Yeah. Every time you blink, someone else is in it. It's, oh, that's right. It's almost crazy when you look at a, a box score and you recognize someone in the starting five. But, it's
1: running rampant in the NFL too, around playoff time, it has to be said.
0: Yeah, that's not good. I, I actually just saw there was a, a big one today.
1: That's right, Kirk Cousins today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz for the Colts is a bit iffy with the Colts doing well all of a sudden. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to the NBA.
0: But like, again, these are just some examples of guys that I've seen that have been starting games in the sort of past week or so. Like I had a look at one for Cleveland the other day. Dean Wade and Taco Fall. Taco Fall.
1: Taco Fall. Like,
0: I mean, <laughs> how, you had Skylar Mays and Gorgie Jeng starting for Atlanta. Brooklyn had a game the other day. There was starting five was Blake Griffin, Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, Kessler Edwards, and David Duke Jr. Mm. Like, this is this is a team that went 9 of 46 from 3. Because they had shit players.
1: And yet somehow no one's called Jamal Crawford?
0: Yeah, well... Isn't that weird? There's there's a lot more guys getting like... Bismack Bionbo just got called up today. So we're starting to see these. I mean, there's... A...
1: At least Bismack's been in the league fairly recently. Like the Joe Johnson one was interesting, wasn't it? And Isaiah Thomas with the Lakers. Um, Mario Chalmers? Mario Chalmers, yeah, right. I missed that one. When I'll be had, honest.
0: Last time he played was like nineteen twelve. Yeah,
1: yeah, the, the, the Miami championship it team, lot, basically. Well, it would have been I think mean, like, he did he end up at Memphis? Memphis. Yeah, yeah.
0: So he probably hasn't played in three or four years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow, I, I must admit, I didn't see that one.
0: I mean, there's like Isaiah Thomas. He had his one with the Lakers, yep. and now he's playing with the Mavericks. Yep. Probably not the right fit for him. I don't think he'll get another one, but yeah, Darren Collison, who came out of retirement. He committed two fouls on three pointers made on consecutive <laughs> possessions oh, oh, against the Nets. That might never have been done before. Oh dear. You had the aforementioned Joe Johnson, whose jersey I am wearing and yes. CJ miles. It's, it's crazy. Like Jordan Joe Johnson
1: still played in the league when Jordan played. I think
0: Joe Johnson hasn't played since the 2018 playoffs. Yeah. And CJ miles has played 10 games in the last two years. So, those are your two options in Boston. I mm,
1: yeah, don't know. Yeah, well, they're just they're just filling I'll, uniforms.
0: Here's here's one that was really surprising, though, for me. Lance Stevenson with, I think, Atlanta from memory. Do you know the craziest part about this? Lance Stevenson is 31.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 31? Well, he, he left the league because of off-court stuff. His issues weren't on-court issues.
0: It feels like he's been out of the league for three yeah, years. No, and no, that, that, I,
1: I, I would have guessed him. A bit older than that. That is a bit surprising. It is nuts.
0: Yeah, Him and Isaiah Thomas, they're the ones you just wonder, like what would have happened if they hadn't left that situation mm. where they were in Isaiah's oh, circumstances? Yeah, all, he with was his
1: a- dead sister. and like, yeah. that's The, the yeah. end to his Boston career is really sad. It's disgusting. Yeah, right? it is really.
0: Um, it and is. then we've got the two Aussies. Well, I say the Aussies, guys that have played in the NBL, sorry, in the last couple of years. Cam, Cam Oliver, he signed with Atlanta. He actually made history, became the first player in Atlanta Hawks history to wear number 49. Yeah, there you go. So not really history, but you know. I'm, I'm
1: amazed. Up. He should have been on an opening day roster and he should have been on a roster all season.
0: Well, he's had double figures in both of his yeah, games so far. he's a
1: plenty good player.
0: And then you've got Kiefer Sykes, who's been signed to a two-year deal with Indiana.
1: Yeah, good on him. He
0: struggled a little bit in his first couple of games. It'll take him a bit of time to get his feet in the NBA, but he'll be fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of really notable returns, but... It's, it's just funny because, like, you know, obviously how much of a stats aficionado I am. Mm. I love anything numbers, anything unusual. Stats mean fuck all this year. Absolutely nothing. I'm sort of looking at, and, and when I say that, I mean team stats. Individual stats still hold some semblance of of importance. But if you look at it and someone goes, oh, this team is 29th in the league in three-point percentage. It's like, of course they are. They haven't got anyone playing yeah, for them that yeah. can shoot three-pointers. Yeah, so- yep. There, there are exceptions. Like Minnesota, they've gone from being the 27th ranked defensive team last year in the lead to 10th this year. That's because they've legitimately increased their defensive presence on their roster. Guys like Pat Beverly, for example. Huge. But I'm just looking at it, I'm thinking there are so many fringe guys playing huge minutes, and the percentages will be down because they're not always 100% NBA-caliber players. It's not a knock on these guys. I'm so happy that these guys are getting to realize their dream of playing in the NBA. But it's just plain fact that when guys are not as good out there and they're jacking up 10, 15 shots a game, absolutely, the league's numbers are not going to be making any sort of sense, really. And then we've
1: got LeBron absolutely carrying the Lakers because no one else will play properly for them for long stretches. They have games here and there. but He
0: he just continues to to blow your mind. It really does, doesn't it? He turned 37 just yesterday, Yep. well, yesterday in inverted commas. It was the third the time the, of recording. Y- yesterday yeah. in America. Yeah. And the man drops 43 points and 14 rebounds in less than 30 minutes in his first game as a 37-year-old. Like just, Add that
1: to the 10-plus boards and five-plus threes. No player's ever done it in under 30 like, minutes.
0: Just stop it.
1: Yeah. Just stop oh, it. Oh, it's obscene, like. isn't it?
0: So here's the crazy thing. He became the first player to join the 36,000, 9,000, 9,000 club. If there is another member of that club before I'm done with this earth, I will eat my hat. (laughs)
1: That's very unlikely. I will eat
0: a bunch of hats. It's
1: very unlikely. Well,
0: it it is because purely, if you look at the numbers, of the other eight players in the league history with 9,000 assists all time, only Chris Paul and Oscar Robertson even have 20,000 points, let alone 36,000.
1: And dishing out assists was their bread and butter. That's what they do best.
0: And that's not even taking into into consideration all the rebounds as well. Yep. Uh, He's just playing on another level. And the funny thing is, he's not even in MVP consideration right now
1: because he's doing this for a team that a, might not make the playoffs. A players. team
0: that is below 500 yeah. and has had one of the weaker schedules so far. It's nuts.
1: Look at this. Youngest player to reach every milestone in points, from yeah. 1,000 all the way to 36,000. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he, Well, yeah, I mean, the, the way that he's going, I had, had a look at this. 34 more games this season at 25 points a game or more would take him past Carmelo for second all time.
1: Yeah, that's possible,
0: and he would be less than a season away from Kareem's record. 40,000 is still very much in play.
1: So. Well, the Lakers being shit may be the catalyst that. But the problem is, does it hurt the back end of his career because he's got so much mileage? Well, he he's a physical specimen. It is amazing what he achieved. Yeah, but this just is, amazing. This is a guy continues who continues to achieve.
0: Knows how to look after his body. And knows, you know what? I've got to look after it for another two or three seasons at this level, and then I'll I'll, play
1: with Bronny. I'll play off the bench for a while. Well, yeah,
0: and then and then all of a sudden he can retire and enjoy himself, go and sit in a yacht somewhere in the Bahamas with Dwayne Wade and Dean Wade. Oh, the
1: the banana boat. uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Dean Wade's not on that, by the way. (laughs) But it would be great, you know, Chris Paul and and Carmelo Anthony and all these guys. They can just go and enjoy themselves. Speaking of the Lakers, though, of course we know they're struggling. It's so hard not to think about how the Lakers refused to include Taylor Horton Tucker in a trade to get Kyle Lowry. He's averaging 10.3 points a game and 2.6 assists, shooting 38% from the field, 22.1% from three, the worst in the history of the Lakers franchise. Mm. Jeez, you reckon they'd go back and do that in a heartbeat? God. Right, so we've got a couple of little stouches we've got to get to. First one involving Kyle Anthony Towns. So he was playing on Twitch with this guy, and he's asked him a little bit about Russell Westbrook and the whole stat padding, whole stat padding thing. And he's come up with a pretty poor response. He basically said he definitely gets stats, he chases stats. I think he's a hell of a player though. I don't care what anyone says. You know how hard it is to get a triple double. You know how hard it is, and he plays hella hard. I just think sometimes he plays too quick and tries to do too much.
1: Is it a poor response? Oh okay, yeah, it's a factual statement. It is.
0: But do you say that about another player? Yeah, it's
1: it's the... uh...
0: It's the very first part. He definitely gets stats. He chases stats. Fucking everyone knows that. You don't need to say it.
1: Yeah. This is just ridiculous. Yeah. No, he could have been more diplomatic.
0: And so I'll give you two responses that have come out. So Draymond Green was the first one. He said, I once watched from the bench due to us beating the T-Wolves' ass. He was in the game down 20 with two minutes to go, talking about Carl Anthony Towns. Come on, man. Stop talking to people about the bros and yelling this is a brotherhood. Shake my head. Then Joel Embiid kind of went both barrels on him. Imagine talking after a 20-point loss. You hate to see it. Go ahead using that pick of me caring about losing in the second round of the playoffs. Oh, wait, you've never been there. You don't know what it's like. No, Hatboy finally won three games and he's talking and I know you ain't talking. You've been a pussy your whole life. That's why you were treated like a bitch by you-know-who. Ain't going to put your business out, but I got facts about you. Don't get it twisted. I own you.
1: Wow. Okay, well, the first one, the Draymond one, I mean... Carl Anthony Towns isn't the coach, so if the coach has him in with two minutes left, that's not his problem. Like, and that was his. He's response. gonna play. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So
0: yeah, you're definitely thinking on the same lines as well. I, yeah. I agree. Joel
1: Embiid, incredible player, complete douchebag. Look,
0: my thoughts on this are pretty straightforward. I obviously love it when players are happy to give open, honest answers, but at the same time, you've got to be smarter about this. Like, there's, there's comments you can make. You can say yeah like he goes after rebounds he he plays hella hard if he just left out the bit at the start yeah, about him yeah. chasing
1: stats well it, everything's on record these days so it's going to come it. back to bite you yeah like, if
0: you think about it, if he just sort of said he's a hell of a player you know how hard it is to get a triple double he plays hella hard you know sometimes maybe he could slow down a little bit that that would come across absolutely fine but when you say he tries to do too much he chases stats it's it's not a good look
1: yeah it's true, but he probably shouldn't have said it. Yeah.
0: Then the other one that we had was between Austin Rivers and the commentary team for the Golden State Warriors, who they've been
1: in the news a lot lately, the Golden State Warriors commentators.
0: Well, again, for getting
1: stuff wrong and for just, yeah,
0: just general douchebaggery. I yeah, mean, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not the biggest fan of Austin Rivers. I think he was a little bit overrated coming out of college. His career has been okay,
1: mm. but. Yeah. Playing for Duke helped, I think. It,
0: it definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. We, you, playing for
1: his dad helped. We
0: always talk about those blue chips. Yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're more likely to get drafted if yeah. you
1: play for a blue chipper.
0: But during one of the set of free throws during this game between Denver and the Golden State Warriors, the, the commentators start talking about how he was maybe a little bit looked after because he was the coach's son. He yeah, was, yeah, He was a little bit overpaid, all that sort of stuff, which I don't think is actually fair when you look at it. And Austin actually summed it up really well. said... I think this kind of funny, especially since it's coming from a guy who never played a game of basketball in his life. His comments on myself and my teammate Faku way beyond disrespectful. I averaged 11-12 and 16 points a game off the bench for a loaded Clippers team while being a two-way player, yet he called me overpaid. Do you know how many guys in the league made more than me while not doing half as much and still do now? But because of my last name, it's an easy diss and a cop out. For sure, unprofessional. I I agree entirely. And I
1: will hear no Compazzo bashing either.
0: Absolutely not. Too Uh, much of a fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good on, Austin. Got to stand up for yourself.
0: Yeah, it's it's easy to forget that he did have that season where he averaged 16 a game. There was one season in particular, especially going down the stretch and into the playoffs, where he was arguably like the best sixth man in the entire league.
1: And he is a primitive defender. He is a two-way player, so yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. very, very good defender. Look, unfortunately, I think the biggest thing that's held him back in his career is shot selection. A lot of this like double jab step, yeah, step yeah. back, fade away three. And it's like, stopping. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not your game. You are a catch and shoot three-pointer, you are a guy who can beat guys off the dribble, play in rhythm, and facilitate. But yeah. you know, if he could have done that a little bit more, maybe he would have made a little bit more money in the league as well. And not being called overpaid, I absolutely agree with him sticking up though. This is disgraceful.
1: And I think it, wasn't it the Golden State Warriors commentary team that didn't know who Jock Landau was?
0: Uh yeah, it was
1: actually. Like, didn't they watch the Olympics?
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, they're they're definitely on the bad list, though. Also,
0: have you not watched the Spurs last five games? Like
1: he's playing pretty well, yeah. Jock's playing out of his skin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. They're they're on the 2022 naughty list.
1: Yes. Their team's playing well, the commentators not so much. Not so
0: much. Finish off with one crazy stat to round out the basketball. Patty Mills now ranks fourth all time in three pointers off the bench for the Brooklyn Mets. He's played 32 games yeah, for them.
1: Yeah, again, though, I bring out this card every time, but it just goes to show how much the game has changed.
0: 32 games. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> do you know, I don't suppose
1: you know who the three guys ahead of him are. Uh,
0: Lucius Harris. Yep. No, I've got no idea. Oh,
1: okay. That would be a decent guess. Kerry Kittles, maybe. Mm, probably, Although he would have started a fair bench. bit. Yeah.
0: Joe Harris might have had a few games off oh, the yeah, bench for yeah. them, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Uh, could be all the Harrises, basically. Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sportblokes.